Broadcasting across the galaxy, you're listening to Radio Dakar, a Star Wars podcast dedicated to the animated series Star Wars Resistance. Alright, hello everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Radio Dakar. I'm your host, Doug Brooks, and... This is going to be a really unusual episode because I'm not going to talk very much about Star Wars. Um, I'm going to talk about another Disney property, Aladdin. Uh, little Han and I went to see it today, and we thoroughly enjoyed the movie, partially because of how we saw it. And that's part of what I want to talk about, because I hope it's something that uh, you're going to get to experience with The Rise of Skywalker and other Star Wars movies going forward, and that's 4DX. Um... I will get into that um, th- again. This we're going to talk about Aladdin. Uh, you know, it's a it's a Disney property, so it all fits in. Um, you know, uh, little Han loves playing Disney Infinity, so he plays Star Wars. He plays Aladdin. You know, there's a lot of different characters, so it all, it all relates. Um, so, um, you know, if you're tuning in to the show for the first time because of the subject matter, yes, I I talk about Star Wars, um, but yeah. Every now and then, you know, something really magical comes across um, that it's just a tremendous movie-going experience, and that happened today. So I I just had to talk about it. Um, Now, this is going to be a non-spoiler review for the 2019 live-action Aladdin movie, which is the one we saw. I'm going to assume you've seen the cartoon movie. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, what, 27 years old? It's obviously the inspiration for this. Uh, a lot of the characters are the same. So, without spoiling any of the new twists or nuances uh, in the live-action version, I will refer back to the old one. Because if you're a Disney fan of any sort, likely you've seen it. Um, but I guess a good place to start would be uh, really a shout out to the cast because who they got to play the roles that we've known all these years was really uh, <clears throat> they did a great job and I'm probably going to mispronounce a couple of names because you know they did try to get people of Middle Eastern descent to play these roles uh, which made it feel authentic um, <clears throat> Mina Massad as Aladdin uh, he, he was <clears throat> very charming and very relatable when he was, you know, the street rat Aladdin, when he uh, was becoming Prince Ali to try to, you know, get the princess, uh, but he still had that uh, heartwarming charm to him, and uh, I'm sure the ladies will love him, uh, but I was so impressed with Naomi Scott as Jasmine. I didn't realize I had I had seen her before on Terra Nova, which was a short-lived Fox series that was really good, and I guess she was in the new Power Rangers movie, which I had not yet seen. Um, but she was just amazing as Jasmine, um, very commanding, strong performance. Uh, like uh, like I say, this is a Star Wars podcast where I'm talking about a different movie, but here, here's uh, here's one way I'm going to relate it. I want Naomi Scott in a Star Wars movie. I think she would be an awesome Jedi in an Old Republic type setting. Uh, just with that confidence she had on screen, I would love to see that portrayed uh, 
in that universe, in that galaxy. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, Disney... Actually, quite a few people... Um, from what I read, whether, whether it be the animated Aladdin or this one, uh, quite a few people who have been in both this and Star Wars. And I'll get to one of them in a minute. Um, now, let's go ahead and talk about Will Smith as the genie. That was, you know, the big... I guess the big question, you know, because the late Robin Williams owned the the animated movie. That just what he did with the genie was historic and so memorable. Uh, without spoiling it, I, w I will say this about Will Smith's portrayal. Okay, yes, the songs are the same, and it, it, they tweak the lyrics a little bit uh, where appropriate. And he sings the same songs and does some of the same lines that were kind of necessary, but he made he took the genie role and made it his own, um, you know, in some cases emotional, in some cases uh, very heartfelt. Um, it wasn't like you know any sort of caricature or anything that seemed off base. I, I thought he was sweet in the role. Uh, I guess that's the best way to put it. Um, he, yeah, for a live-action portrayal of such a wild character, I thought he did a great job. You um, also had uh, Marwan Kenzari as Jafar. He was uh, very good. Hey, hey, Lohan, what are you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah, okay, well, I'm talking about how great Aladdin was. Do you wanna you wanna tell everybody about it? Yeah. The seats were moving. Yeah, I hadn't told and them about that. Glasses, yeah. And it yeah. felt like things were coming on us, but they weren't really. They weren't. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna tell then everybody all about snowed. that. Yeah, it did. Um, but then when we fight the magic carpet, the seats moved. They oh, did. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, tell everybody what you thought about the movie itself. Um. So my favorite part was. Um, well, my dad's favorite part was. Abwa Bwa. Where they were trying to figure out where Prince Ali was from. Yeah. So Prince Ali Ababwa. <laughs> yeah, you like saying Ababwa. Uh, what else did you like about the movie? Um, when um, Aladdin was on his chair about to fall in the ocean. Yeah? He's like this. <laughs> he was, yeah. Um, who else did you like in the movie? Uh, Princess Jasmine. Jasmine? Yeah, she was good. Wee. Anybody else? Okay. Well, I'm glad. Ababa. Ababa. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad you loved the movie, and I had a great time with you today. And seeing it in 4DX was super awesome. It was like a moving theater. A um, moving. A moving theater. It was like that. Yeah. It's like the whole theater's moving. I know. It was so crazy. It is. <laughs> All right. Mm, well, well, I had a great time with you. Why don't um? What's uh, that you on your thing? Oh, uh, that is. There used to be. Uh, when I was recording, I used to have a clicking sound. Uh, on the recordings, and it was like click, click, and I finally figured out it's because if the headset moves uh, off my ear, so I tied a handkerchief around it to so it doesn't move, and there's no more clicking sound. Okay. All right, bye. Enjoy your game. Okay. <laughs> he is. Um, I another well another Star Wars story. Um, I with that rumor about the uh, old Knights of the Old Republic trilogy that might happen. 
Um, I, I'm not going to get into that because it's all rumor. We have not heard anything concrete, but you know everybody's excited. Uh, and thinking back on the United States of the Old Republic game, well, it had occurred to me that I had been given both of those games as a gift several years ago uh, by a good friend. But that was about the time that Little Han was becoming mobile, and I um, unhooked my Xbox and put it away downstairs. Well, then I remembered, hey, I've got those games, and I never really played them. So um, today I hooked the Xbox up, and um, we started playing a little bit of Knights of the Old Republic, but he's playing a Lego game right now. Um, but I wanted him to tell his thoughts on the movie. So might have a Knights of the Old Republic recap at some point. I, I know if if they do do that movie, it's not going to be a total remake of the game or anything, but um, if they can get influences from that era, that would be great. I, uh, For those of you who listen to my Star Wars episodes, um, the last couple of weeks I've been talking about how I think that Star Wars storytelling is heading in the Old Republic direction. Um, anyway, back to... Uh, let me see, I was talking about Jafar. Um, Marwan Kanzari... Uh, he he was very good. Um, they they gave Jafar uh, a lot of motivation and purpose in this movie to make him more than just the one-dimensional Disney villain that he was. He was in many ways in the cartoon. Um, I, mean, I wouldn't say he was sympathetic or anything, but uh, you understood his motivations and why he was like he was and. You know, he was still evil, but yeah, he had that that screen presence that you wanted to see in a villain. Um, let's see. Um, the Sultan was played by uh, Navid uh, Nagaban. Sorry, I'm sorry to these people if I screwed up their name, but um, he, he was he was good too. He wasn't, you know, I thought the Sultan in the cartoon was a little one-dimensional too, just wanting to get Jasmine married and. Um, no, the Sultan. You know, he's he loves his daughter um, in in the live action movie very much, and you know, just wants what's best for her, and um, has some very good heart to heart. Those scenes between the Sultan and Jasmine are very good. And um, I'll also mention uh, Nassim Pedrad uh, plays a brand new character in the movie. Um, she's an associate of Jasmine. I'll leave it at that. Um, but she, what's funny is, you know, she played Jasmine on it old Saturday Night Live sketch, so I, I appreciate the, the irony there. Um, so, yeah, she was a good addition. It wasn't like an extraneous thing, and um, I like where her character goes. Um, I will mention a couple of the voice talents. Um, Gilbert Godfrey was not back as Iago. Um, they actually got Alan Tudyk, so there's a Star Wars connection. Yeah, K2SO is the, the parrot. Um, a little more reality-based than you know, the hysterical Iago from the cartoon with Gilbert Gottfried, but yeah, Alan Tudyk did a great job. Very subtle, you didn't even know it was him, really. And what was cool to me was that they got Frank Welker to come back and do the animal sounds of Abu and uh, the tiger. What was his name? Raja? Um, But then he also was the voice of the Cave of Wonders, uh, just like he was in the animated. So I think he's the only person to come back and do the same work. Um, But I've talked about it on my Resistance reviews. I love Frank Walker. He is just a legend in voice um, voice performance. Uh, so, yeah, it was cool to have him back. 
so yeah, just overall, um, shout out to the cast. Uh, the uh, like I say, they it's very much the basic plot of the cartoon, but they do add elements to make it um, just relatable to you know maybe people who have who grew up with it and wanted a little little bit of a meteor story. Or, and it's, it's still good for kids. I mean, Han was captivated the whole two hours. I mean, um, and it helps that we, because of the theater we were in, which I'm going to get to. Um, but he, he was, you know, he liked the story and uh, followed it all the way to the end. Uh, the music helped. Um, yes, and, uh, you know, like I say, the classic songs are in there. Uh, they did add some songs uh, that were really good. Uh, I want to go out and buy the soundtrack, um, mainly because he'll listen to it in the car. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was updated appropriately for a modern audience. And without getting into details, because I still want you to enjoy the movie, any, you know, any animated movie, especially like those Golden Age Disney films, you know, they were, you know, they didn't get into like too much detail in some cases. So there, there were just so many little things they did in this one where they addressed an issue you might have had with the cartoon, but you never really thought about it. So clearly the writers, you know, watched the, watched the cartoon and then thought, wait a minute, how come this was the case and nobody ever brought it up or something? Uh, that, ha- that happens more than once in this movie, and it's great. They actually put that much thought into it, so it kind of fleshes out some things and... Um, helps the story along. Uh, I guess it's more logical than the cartoon. Like I say, you know, cartoons are just, you know, kid fun, but without becoming too adult, you know, they updated it well enough. Um, yeah, and let me see, visually just outstanding. Um, you know, it never really slows down, even though there's some good dialogue heavy scenes and. Um, the, you know, between the music and the action, it just keeps going. You don't really realize it's a two-hour movie. Um, I think that's about it for my recap. Now, I will get into the 4DX. So, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, and I actually did some reading on it this afternoon. I didn't realize it had been around this long. It's a technology that's about 8 to 10 years old, where... Uh, while you're in the theater, your seat moves in conjunction with the action on the screen. And they also have environmental elements. Um, you can get water sprayed on you, uh, very minor. Um, there's little jets on each side of your, um, behind your head on the seat that kind of like gives puff of wind at you. Um, you. You feel wind in the theater. They use lights, uh, like if there's fireworks or lightning. Um, there's, uh, little jets around your, near your ankles that, like, if you're, you know, sliding, well, let me back up. Um, the theater I was in, uh, we went to a Regal, uh, Cinemas Theater. Um, for those of you who have ever been to a Regal movie, when they do the, you know, turn off your cell phones, uh, nearest exits, all that, it is in the form of a, like a, uh, simulated roller coaster, which has, you know, in the past has never moved. They've been, they've done a version of this for 30 years. I mean, I've been going to these, this chain for a very long time. Um, so it's, you know, it's 
kind of fun. You know, you're riding the roller coaster, and then there's, you know, concessions off to the side to show you what they have, and then, you know, the disclaimer about the eggs, the fire exits. Um, but, so they just ran it, um, started moving your seat at, like you're on the roller coaster to kind of give you a feel for what it was going to be like, and then you feel the, the wind and the, the little specks of water on you. And then during the trailers, there were, um, they, you, they don't do that. And then they show you like a fake trailer um, to give you a true feel for what it's going to be like. So it's like this couple who are being chased, and uh, they're on a motorcycle, and then they crash, and they go under a semi. And So like when they're going under the semi along the pavement, you can feel like something against your legs like you know you're you're brushing against the concrete so they they make it kind of realistic it's really cool um and then once the movie starts it's not constant but throughout the movie you're getting it um getting these these little things um now this is brand new to us here in knoxville uh the regal theater uh the big one in town just got it Uh, i think the first thing they showed on it was end game um, so the, just like the third release, um, but as I found out, it's been it was started in South Korea um, almost ten years ago, and mostly in um, Asian countries, and it's expanded out to a lot more than that. <clears throat> it's been in the U.S. for about five years, but um, I think one of the Transformers movies was the first one to use it. Um, but yeah, it was like I say, we just got it. So this is my first experience with it, and I thought, oh, I'll take a little on and see what he thinks of it. And it was it was just incredible. Um, for those of you who have uh, been to Disney World or Disneyland and have ridden uh, Star Tours, it's kind of like that. In that, now, you know the whole. You know, for those of you who've been on Star Tours, the whole platform of seats move in conjunction. Well, the seats aren't all together like that, but they still move in conjunction. So, you know, I was sitting there, little Han was to my right, and there was people to my left, and our seats are moving all the same, just not on one huge platform that raced up at the start of the movie. Um, so, you know, if you walked in, you would just think, oh, it's just these theater with big seats. It's kind of inconspicuous. Um, so yeah it's kind of like that with Star Tours where um, you know you're you're moving and all that but then it's also like uh, Mickey's Philharmagic concert it's that show that's um, near the uh, the Princess's Castle at Disney World um, it's like right next to um, the Peter Pan ride where you go in and you're in regular seats yeah, but it's 3D. Um, you know, Donald's like trying to chase down the baton or something like that, um, so they can uh, do a uh, orchestra concert. But there's environmental things in that, like you can feel water and wind being thrown at you while you're sitting there. So <clears throat> it's like that. So to see a Disney film in that type of theater, I mean, it took me back to last year when we were at Disney and experiencing all these rides. Um, you know, a little bit of the, um, like it's kind of a little bit of Soarin', a little bit of uh, Avatar Flight of Passage. Um, 
you know, not to the extreme, you know, like when you're, um, yeah, you know, they ride on the magic carpet, so that's one of the best examples in this movie, um, because, you know, you see it moves as the, the carpet sways and going through the air and, you know, like down a cliff to, um, show them the view and all that. So you don't feel like, oh, I'm going to fall out of my seat. It's not that extreme, so it's, but you, you feel the motion of them going over a, over a crest and going down a little bit. It's just really cool. Um, you know, they, they didn't give any disclaimer at the start of it, like, people with heart conditions can't do this ride. You know, nothing nothing that bad. Um, just an, you know, interactive, enjoyable experience. It was, it was really cool. Um, and Aladdin was a great uh, movie for this experience. You know, like I said, you know, it keeps it going with uh, like the chase scene through the market that was in the cartoon and the magic carpet ride and uh, trying to escape from the cave of wonders. You know, all that from the cartoon is in it. And I mean, your chair is going crazy during that. But you know, it stays still during dialogue. And even if it's something simple like if Jasmine's singing and kind of moving around the room, your your chair kind of sways, you know, gently, and, you know, so you're kind of into the beat of the song. Uh, just really great. Um, and, you know, you can, if there's kind of extreme weather for a minute, you kind of experience that in, in the theater. Um, it, yeah, it, it's just really cool. And that was our first experience with it, and I'm so glad we did it. Um, but the reason I wanted to mention it is because I hope that wherever you live, wherever you're listening to this, that you seek out a 4DX theater. You know, try for yourself with whatever movie. Um, I, I, I imagine there's going to be plenty more this year, um, like Spider-Man Far From Home. or um, We saw a trailer for the Dora movie, which I, th- I think would be a good um, good use of this. Um, I think Wonder Woman you know, comes out later this year. But I'm so hopeful that we get to see the rise of Skywalker in the 4DX. I already told Lil Han, if it's showing, we're going uh, to see it. Um, I might see it with friends first and then take him uh, just to make sure it's... it. You know, it's it. I mean, he's seen all the other ones, so it's, I'm not really concerned about it being age-appropriate. Um, but just to make sure it wouldn't be a t- in, too intense or anything like that. Uh, but I, I'm just... As I was enjoying this experience I was thinking oh, I want to see Star what is it I can't I can't come there I'm doing the show I, I can't help you with your game I'm doing the show I'm sorry um, and I, but you know I was just sitting there thinking oh I cannot wait to see a Star Wars movie like this um, you know I saw the force awakens in IMAX and I cannot remember I don't think we saw the other we didn't see Rogue One or Last Jedi like that, and when I took Lil' Honda to see Solo, uh, it was a regular theater. But yeah, so I, you know, I've seen Star Wars movies in 3D and all that, but yeah, I want to experience one in 4DX because it was so amazing. So I, um, yeah, try to find one near uh, near your home, uh, experience it for yourself, and then um, try to experience a Star Wars movie. Apparently. Um, from when I was researching it, going back to Rogue One, it's been shown in this format, so yeah, they're not opposed to doing it for a Star Wars film. Uh, clearly, it's not for every movie. Um, 
you know, I was thinking back to other Disney films. Like, I would not, uh, like, the Beauty and the Beast live-action film would have been kind of bleh uh, watching it like this because of it's more, you know, romantic and kind of um, slow, like uh, Coco. No, not, nothing like that. Uh, not even maybe Toy Story 4 when it comes out. I don't, I don't know about that, but... Um, yeah, just anything with, like, uh, high energy, high... Um, high action is ideal for this format and it was just a great Disney experience watching a really good Aladdin movie in this way and it took us back to being at the parks um, so that's really all I have to say about it uh, I was just so excited about the format and the possibilities and, and truly how good the Aladdin movie was I'm not uh, just saying that um, it, it's great for people who love the cartoon. There's something for new viewers. Um, it was just really fun. Um, so check it out for yourself, and if you have a chance, go see it in 4DX, uh, just to experience this type of technology for movie going. Um, yeah, it's just an awesome time, and I just wanted to share it with you. Um, but that's it for this non-Star Wars-focused episode. Uh, if you want to listen to me talk about Star Wars, and or if you're already a listener and want to continue to listen to me do Star Wars, um, I'm always there on um, the Radio Dakar channel. All the uh, all those episodes are archived. Uh, we are now on most major pl- podcast platforms, uh, still on SoundCloud and iTunes, but you can check us out on Spotify and Overcast and Google Play. Um, just about any any you want to. Uh, you can find links to all of those um, through my main hosting site, which is Anchor. Uh, you can get the Anchor app. Uh, go on anchor.fm to access the episodes or just search out Radio Dakar on any of your preferred platforms. Uh, you can find me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Radio Dakar, R-A-D-I-O-D-Q-A-R. Uh, we'll have um, plenty of Star Wars material coming up over the summer. And then getting us ready for The Mandalorian and Resistance Season 2 in the fall. Um, so thanks for listening to my um, love fest for Aladdin and Disney movies and 40X. And, well, I usually end with May the Force Be With You. Might as well again, because um, Aladdin doesn't really have a catchphrase. Um, but thank you for listening to this episode. Um, Uh, Thank you for listening to me and Lil Han have fun. Um, But until next time, uh, may the Force be with you.